0: been uh, ministering on uh, grace and mercy in this season and the 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 main text we've been dealing with is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 15 and 16 I've written it out I've used a few different translations the Living Bible the J.B. Phillips translation the Message Bible, the NIV, and the King James. And I kind of put them together so that you can get the thought of what I'm saying. But let's go over that again. He says, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, But Jesus, the Son of God, is our, high, or our great high priest, who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. Verse 15 of Hebrews chapter 4. For we have no superhuman high priest. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all. Tempted in every way, just as we are currently being tested now, yet he did not sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time that we need it most. I want to get into my sermon, James chapter 4, verse 6, and Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. The reason why I'm talking about grace and mercy because I really feel like this is going to be a season of tremendous grace in our church, and I'm already just from talking to different people, tremendous season of grace that's just sweeping over our church. Even as I shared earlier, I mean, come on, a hundred thousand dollar grant, just a season of wind of grace. And so, what I want to make sure, and we do, and it, this is the worst time to do a, this is the worst time of the year to do a series, and yet at the same time, I want to make sure that you are ready to receive the grace of God. Because this is a season where you want to be in position to receive the grace of God and to use his grace in a correct fashion. Grace is not luck. Someone had to pay for it. So I want to talk about, let's look at James chapter 4 verse 6 and Proverbs 3 verse 3 Thirty-four, rather. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, James chapter four, verse six. But he that is God continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says in he James, who is Jesus' half brother, he is quoting from the Proverbs, chapter three, verse four. He says, For it says, God resists you when you are proud. Tell somebody, God resists you when you're proud. But but continually pours out grace when you are humble. In Proverbs 3, verse 34, the Amplified Version says, He, that is God, gives grace, his undeserved favor to the humble, those who give up self-importance. God gives grace to those who are humble. I I want to speak to you this morning, briefly, uh, on the subject of uh, the key to more grace. The key to more grace. In other words, when something is good, I want more of it. And there is a key to getting more grace because the writer James, who is the bishop of the church in Jerusalem, he says right here, God pours out more and more grace, which means that you can receive more grace than you already have. (laughs) The Greek word for grace is the Greek word charis, from which we get our English word charisma. And uh, this word charis means favor, that is preferential treatment. The word Prefer is from two Latin words, pride, which means before, and pharaoh, which means to win, to receive, or to set in motion. So when you have preferential treatment from God, that means that God has set things in motion before you even arrive. God, you are a winner before you even arrive at the battle. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, you, you've already received what God has for you even before you get there physically. We'll talk about that another time. The word grace, the technical definition of the word grace, is divine or God's influence on your heart and the reflection of God's influence through your life. God's influence on your heart, on your attitude, and the reflection of God's influence through your life. I want to remind you, the writer in Hebrew says that we, 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 obtain mercy, and we talked about that last week. Mercy is when God cleans up your mess, or God gets you out of messy situations. We don't deserve mercy, but He just gives it. We're talking about, again, we obtain mercy, but we find grace. And we talked about that uh, last week and the week before. I I want to talk to you about this humility, because if humility is the key to more favor. Anybody like favor? Preferential treatment. You know, you're in the airplane uh, and you, as you sit down, all of a sudden they say, oh, by the way, sir, would you, uh, we'd like to move you up to first class when you didn't pay for it, that's favor. Bless anybody, has anybody ever had that happen to you? How many, you, now those of you who raised your hand, how many of you didn't have money for first class? Okay, very good, that's favor, that's favor. Preferential treatment. Amen. How many can use a little bit more preferred treatment? That's, that's okay, okay. Now I know that I'm in the right place. So, so, so again, uh, this word humility is the key to more favor. The problem with is this is that humility sounds easy, but it is not. And, Hopefully, when I finish giving five definitions of humility, you'll realize why more and more people people aren't experiencing more grace because the price for for more favor is humility. And there's something in us that just hates being humble. Turn your name and say, he's talking about you right now. He's talking about you right now. Mm -hmm. The word humility in, in the Greek, it means a deep, sense of one's littleness, not just a passing thought, a deep sense of one's littleness, a deep sense. Two of the most powerful people used in the scripture probably had the highest level of humility, the highest level. The greatest person in the Old Testament is Moses. I mean, David is close too, but Moses. And yet the Bible says in Numbers chapter 12, this is God, says, Moses was the most humble man on the entire planet. That's why God can trust him to open the Red Sea and close it. Because if God gave some of us that power, if god gave some of us the power to call down plagues our whole jobs will be blown up <laughs> some family members will be you know. <laughs> and the most humble man in the new testament is jesus jesus says in matthew chapter 11 i am meek and lowly in heart. It's a deep sense of one's littleness. The Hebrew definition, which I love, well, I, I love the definition, I like going through it. Is the, the Hebrew definition of the word uh, humble is to browbeat. To browbeat. To browbeat. It's sort of, what do you mean? Sort of like this, like, oh man, why can't, and, and, and God. Is trying to browbeat you because you think you're smart. God tries to browbeat us okay because we think we know ourselves. So Jesus or God he says to the people of Israel uh, and this is what Jesus quoted when he was uh, challenged by the devil in Matthew chapter 4 God says to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse one to three, and God is saying to the people of, in this building called Pentecostal Tabernacle in the year 2018, God says these words, I have led you through the wilderness and tested you in the wilderness so that you would know what was in your heart. <laughs> that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God I've I've humbled you in the wilderness and some of you you may not be going through a physical wilderness but you're going through a spiritual or emotional or circumstantial wilderness because the word wilderness er ness uh, people in this congregation here, you say this many times, the word nest means condition of, the word wild means out of control, and err means more out of control. So for some of you, God has put you in a position where things are more and more out of your control, and therefore he is trying to humble you. He's trying to browbeat you. He's trying to get some sense into your spirit that you cannot live by bread alone, But you have to live by every word, every word that comes out of the mouth of God, which means you must pray. Now, the reason why God puts us in the wilderness is so that we would know what's in our hearts. It's amazing how, you know, and and nobody in here, repeat after me, I said there's nobody here. Okay, say so nobody here. But it's amazing how I'm in church and everybody's saying hallelujah. The brothers are praising God, and then when they get on the basketball court, you you find out if a brother's really really um, I'll just say really when he's on the basketball court because all of a sudden there's an elbow, and then you know next thing you know there's a word that comes out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and and. It is that wildness. It's when things are out of control. It's when you get cut off and you, don't, and you give somebody the, your number one sign and it's not pointed to Jesus. Oh, you really? See, see the writer, and, and this is what me and my wife have been praying regularly about ourselves and about this church. The writer in Jeremiah said these words in Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it and god says i'm the only one who knows the hearts i try i test the kidneys i test i test your guts i test what's really inside of you and you will never know who you really are until god puts you through the teabag bag test mhm mhm mm-hmm. what's the tea bag test very simple you find out what flavor a tea bag really is when it gets in hot water. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm. And some of you are in hot water right now, and you found out that you are not green mint.) <laughs> you actually found out that you were pepper mint. you can be in the middle of singing praise songs uh, uh, uh. Oh, they're all the overwhelming reckless BAM and then you get in a wreck and all of a sudden your praise can turn into something else just like that and half the time if you're real really you're like wow I thought I was living I I thought I I thought I had victory over that and so God takes God puts you through tests to let you know What's really in your heart? Because our hearts are desperately wicked. Our hearts are wicked. Our our hearts are wicked. And the only cure for our heart is the word of God. That's why we have to hide the word of God, Psalm 119, verse 11, in our hearts. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the only cure for our hearts is the word. Ooh, it's quiet in here. What happened to hallelujah? (laughs) The third definition of this word, humility, it is, our English word humility, the etymology of our English word humility is a Latin word, and it means lying low. It means to keep a low profile. It is from, our word humble is from a Latin word, Uh, Humus, which means on the ground or on the earth. I, I, I found myself, when I pray, I get on the ground like this, and I just put my hands up. It's not as a sign of showing off because there's nobody in the room but me. But every once in a while it's reminding me that without him I can do nothing. The word humility in our English language it means littleness of mind. Littleness of mind. One of the more powerful scriptures in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 9 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then it talks about Jesus. This was not in his mind. It was a fact that he was equal to God. But he kept a low profile and was willing to even die A criminal's death. You think life is not fair to you? Read Jesus' life. He humbled himself. And because he humbled himself, because he was willing to die a criminal's death, falsely falsely accused, the Bible says, and that is why, verse 9, God has exalted him. Could it be? mm, I need to give somebody five right here. Absolutely. Yeah. Could it be? No, and actually I'll let you say. Tell your person next to you, could it be? Maybe. Tell the person next to you, could it be? Maybe. The reason why, you're going, through, the reason why you're, going through, you're going through what you're going through is because God is trying to promote you. <laughs> actually, you never looked at that. <laughs> God is trying to promote you, but he can't promote you until he can knock some sense into us that without him we can do nothing, that we get a deep sense of our own littleness. See, no matter how much money you have, no matter how brilliant you are, you get a deep sense of your littleness when someone in your family is sick and there's nothing you can do about it. Many of you know that my daughter has a sickle cell and there is nothing I can do with all the doctors in this church, with some on the board, boards of some of the finest hospitals. There's all these strings I can pull, but I can't stop the sickle crisis. And there's a deep sense of God, you're the only one I can turn to. And some of you have too many plan B's, C's, and D's, and E's. So God right now is jacking your life up so that the only choice you have is him. It's him. And the more you try to fix it, the more it gets mixed up. And God is like that old Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Littleness of mine. Littleness of mine. And the Lord puts us through experiences where we He puts us in embarrassing situations so that we will understand how little we are. How many have ever been in a real embarrassing situation? That 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 you that that you were really embarrassed? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay? Not, not oh wow. None of you Really embarrassed. How many of you were embarrassed and you caused the embarrassment? Raise your hand high. Raise your hand Raise your hand I remember, see, when you're a young guy, I think I was, I, I had just got married. And, and uh, so that was 24 years old and, no, you know, you know uh, I started preaching at 19 and by the grace of God, he's used me more and so now as a young man, I thought I was hot stuff. Thought I was hot stuff, so I was coming back from. They asked me to preach at this church, at one of our churches, and and I was gonna, I was gonna show these old guys, you know, Reverend Ward, my father. I'm gonna show these old guys how to preach, how to, how to throw it down, because you all, you all just dry as cracker juice, and you, you all, you all don't know. That, that's, that's, that's what's going on in me. I'm not talking about you, you no, know, talking about me. So, I preach. I was coming back from my honeymoon, and a week after my honeymoon, I'm going to preach at this church. It actually is an Abundant Life church. And so I had the audacity to name my sermon, The Anointing. You either have it or you don't. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So so they said, we're going to have Brother Brian come up to preach, and I was like... I'm about to let you all have it, the anointing. You either have it or you don't. There's a scripture in the book of Psalms where it says as far as the east is from the rest, so far has the Lord removed our transgression from us. That's about as far as the anointing was from me. I was beyond horrible. I was so bad that I wanted to give back the offering. But I didn't because I just got married. But anyway. (laughs) That happened 35 years ago but it left an indelible mark on my spirit. Don't you ever be cocky again. I'm gonna give you two minutes. Turn to the person next to you and share with them an embarrassing moment. I will let you self edit. Okay? Come on, two minutes, come two minutes. Two minutes, an embarrassed moment, a a humiliating moment. Come on, We're, we're amongst friends. We're amongst friends, folks. We're amongst friends. If you can't share in a church, where else can you share? Give you two minutes. One minute for one person, one for another. All right, one more minute, one more minute, one more minute. One more minute. 30 seconds. Yep, you in the lower sanctuary. You can share too. 30 more seconds. 15 seconds. 10 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. As you ponder those embarrassing moments, humility, a deep sense of one's littleness when God browbeats you, when God is trying to get us to lie low and keep a low profile, when God wants us to have littleness of mind He he needs. He needs. He puts us or allows us to go through these embarrassing moments, so we will get a sense of who we really are without him. I find it interesting that the first attitude, B attitudes, the attitudes that should exist, that Jesus quotes in Matthew chapter five, verse three, he says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." For if you're poor in spirit, then you get access to kingdom resources. I looked at scripture up in a few different versions. And the uh, J.B. Phillips translation says, Blessed are the humble-minded, for this is the kingdom of heaven. The Message Bible, <laughs> Eugene Peterson, he's an interesting guy. He says... You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Because when you're at the end of your rope, God is saying, let go and let me catch you. <laughs> oh, my. The New Living Version says, they know there is nothing good in themselves those who know that there's nothing good in themselves will have access to the kingdom new living translation says those who realize their need for god they get access to the kingdom but this is this definition is last one i want to give you and then we will repent and pray you could pass me my stuff. Ah. Um, is your phone an Apple phone? Okay, could you let him hold one of them? Yeah, turn it on. Is it on? Yeah, okay, keep it on. Anybody in the second row have an Apple uh, phone? iPhone? Good, could you give it to her? Jamie pulled all this credit card and then gave it to him. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm having too much fun up here. One of the definitions that really struck me about being humble, one of, one of the English definitions is this. When you are humbled, it means... Wow. The word humbled means to destroy. To destroy the independence of. When God humbles us, he is trying to destroy our declaration of independence that says, I don't need you. And the reason why God is trying to destroy our independence is because it was independence that ruined his creation. We all, well not we all, but those of you who follow biblical numerology, you'll know that the number five represents what? Grace, grace. grace. So it not it interesting that grace means that I need God, are you with me? I need his favor. And it is isn't interesting that in Isaiah chapter 14 verses, I think it's verse 13 and 14, that, that Lucifer becomes Satan by saying five times, I will. I will. I don't need you. Isn't it interesting that Adam and Eve, the, re- the, the reason why they ruined planet Earth and now we need salvation and we need Jesus' blood and we need Jesus' die, is because Satan said to Eve, you will be like God and you won't need him. There is something in our hearts that is constantly saying to God, I am independent and I don't need you for this. Oh, it's quiet in here. God, you make the big decisions, but I can handle this. And so there's some things that are so obvious that we don't even pray. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 1 to 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. You have to abide in me and i have to abide in you because without me you can do nothing you can do no thing without me and i wonder if many of us are in hot water right now is because in some area of our lives we said to god i can make this decision i can run this area of my life independent of you Mm. independent of you. And therefore, one of the most humbling things you can do, which is why God blesses and gives more grace, one of the most humbling things you can do is to ask for help. And that's why before Google and phones... Some of you are old enough like me back in the day where you realized that there was no Google, there was no MapQuest, all there was, was the gas station. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And you're going in the wrong, direction. well no, you're lost, but you don't want to admit, husbands, that you're lost. Okay, I won't I even have you raise your hand. You don't want to admit you're lost, so you're no, I know where I'm going. I know, I know. And, and your wife's like, just let's pull over the, no, 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 I know where I'm going. And, 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 and an hour later because <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't want to ask for help some of us are struggling and someone says to you can I help you and like no no I can do it no I'm straight I'm all set some of us men like me you know as I'm approaching you no, know, five months I'll be 60 years old till you never say he doesn't look that old Good, good. And, and, and so, young, you know, you, you, you're struggling with something that you used to be able to handle. I'll just look at the clock. And one of these young bucks say Hey, Pastor Canal. No, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> and then you realize it's heavier than you thought it was. Am I right, brother? And, and, but, but now you don't want to look embarrassed. So you, you muster every ounce of strength it's like it's like it's like Star Wars or Star Trek let's put all the power into this one area so you muscle up straight from your toes and you move (laughs) that thing and all of a sudden are you okay no I'm I'm fine no no I'm okay I'm okay and and all you had to do was say help me And God is saying, without me, you can do nothing. And that's why you must pray. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 13. Jesus starts out by teaching his disciples how to pray. They, he says, go to your father. If you go to your father and ask for bread, won't he give you bread? And he continues, ask and it shall be given. Seeking you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. Ask me. Ask me and I will help you. And some of you, the reason why you're struggling is because you're not praying. And by accident, because the devil has he, he, he has distracted you from your prayers. I was praying, and I—some of you—you you have these devices that are hooked to your phone. And while you're with God, all of a sudden, zzz, zzz. Father, I think, zzz. Lord, right now I play that you. Zzz, zzz. Anyone want to confess like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, only, only one person. That's all right. I had to take this off. Some of you, you need to take it off, put it in another put your phone in another room so that you can spend time with God, because the devil is trying to distract you from your only hope. Your only source of help is prayer. it's your only source of grace. So I want to talk to you briefly, close with this illustration. You can just hold that for me. And so, uh, Gideon, I'm going to ask you to come first. And you know, you know, uh, it always pays to be used. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what I want to do is, first of all, we all know that this is a power cord. How many of you all have these? Okay, okay. if you have a cell phone, you have one of these. Okay, and we all know that, I mean, this cell phone could operate on its own for a while. Mm -hmm. How many of you have ever had your phone run out of Charge and juice. Raise that hand up high. Everybody everybody has... And, and you see it turning red, you're like, oh my goodness, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Okay? okay. And so, you are looking for an outlet. Because it makes no sense to have this phone line, or this cord, right? I mean, this isn't going to help. No, it, can you plug that in for me? My eyes are getting old. OK. As my mother said, don't laugh. What hasn't caught you hasn't passed you either. Anyway, <laughs> 10 years from now, they'll listen to this like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Now, could you imagine walking around saying, what are you doing? Oh, I'm charging my phone. Really? And this is this is what I mean is that this let's say this cord is Jesus. And and this cord and plug this is Jesus who is the intercessor. Jesus makes prayer possible. If Jesus did not die on the cross, you and I could not pray. Okay. We have access, Hebrews says, through his blood. So, what Jesus does is that now he connects us to God, who is the throne of grace. Are you with me? Yeah. He said, he said yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And so, is this charging? Um. It should say... Yeah, we have, so it's not charging? Hmm. Ah, now it's charging. Okay, so it's charging. Okay? So, this is us. And Jesus, this is a good connection. So now, <laughs> so the more time we spend in his presence, hmm, wow give me five for this one. Then we can leave his presence and do ministry. Are you with me so far? But some of you, you only have about 1% of charge left because you haven't spent enough time in his presence connected with Jesus. See, See, you think that you, you think that your prayer life is so hot that it's just you and God. But let me tell you something. the only reason you have access is because of Jesus. Are you with me so far? Now here's another problem. so that worked out pretty good. right? Of course, there's another problem. Come here, sir. I want you to connect this wire. Now, here's a challenge now. As you can see, this one's all frayed. And some of us, (laughs) though we're plugged in, our relationship with Jesus is so frayed that it's... I I was wondering, I kept feeling my phone going "Eh, eh, 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 eh." and I said to myself, am I getting calls, but I found out that the connection was so frayed That was off and on, off and on, off and on. And that's how some of our relationships is with the Lord. On Sunday, it's on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On Monday, it's off. On Tuesday, something good happens. It's on. On Wednesday, it's off. Why? Because our line is frayed. Mmm. Tell somebody he's talking about you. Um, Outside of today, when's the last time you spent quality time? Five minutes with the Lord. I'm not talking, this, this doesn't count. God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food, amen. That doesn't count. This doesn't count. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soda. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Doesn't count. In here, does not count. How much time are you regularly spending plugged into the power? My final point, and then we'll pray. Come here, sweetheart. You can have your phone back. And uh, I'm an equal opportunities. Uh, She got the same amount because I'm not getting in trouble. (laughs) So would you say that this cord looks actually you may feel this chord. Would you say that this chord is actually stronger? Yeah, it's heavier. Yeah, heavier. How about you? Which chord? The black one, okay. Okay, okay. Which one's heavier? Okay. Hey, buddy, good to see you. I remember you. Which one's heavier? The black one. Final person. The The black one. The black one. The black one. So, normally, if the black one looks heavier, let me use a black one. Okay, so, oh, yes, this makes sense. Okay, so connect. What's taking you so long? What'd you say? it it won't go in. It won't go in. They said that the black, did you just say the black cord is heavier? Didn't you all say the black cord is heavier? So, it's a nicer cord, but it won't go in. You're right. It won't go in. Thank you. You're right. It won't go in. You you Because see, this is for an android. So, no matter how nicely it's plugged in, it's not going to charge this phone. This, is, this represents people who are looking for religion and other gods and other solutions, and it seems stronger, it seems plugged in, but somehow it still ain't working for you. You're trying to find all your solutions. It feels stronger. It looks stronger. But it's not working because there's only one way, and that is Jesus Christ. Let's all stand to our feet. Come on, let's all stand. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I think we need to spend a few moments repenting for times when we, in our decision-making, in our attitudes, in our approach to problems, we acted independent of God and then wondered why it's not working out. We have gone to our experiences, we've gone to our expertise, and never said to God, God, as small as this problem is, I still need to maintain my relationship with you because you have the solution even though it looks right. The Bible says there is a way that seems right. But the end is death. I want you to bow your heads right now. And I want to give you about 30 seconds or so. Think of areas in your life where you acted independent. Or in your heart you were independent. Or in some ways you were angry at God because of your independence instead of humbling yourself. Mm. As 1 Peter 5 verse 5 says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time he will exalt you. Father, you want to give us more favor but you can't trust us with favor when we are prone to act independent of you Holy Spirit the thing that made Jesus so powerful is that he remained connected to the Father every day before the sun rose up Jesus was in his presence saying God I need you the son of God in his humanity in his humanness, was giving us an illustration an example of this is how you need to live if you want regular access to God's favor If you want regular access to God's help, if you want regular access to God's kingdom resources, you have to pray. We have to pray. We have to pray. Hmm. We quote that scripture many times. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. When's the last time you acknowledge him? When's the last time you let him go? Let him know what you're doing. Even something as simple as buying a car. Hey God, should I buy this car? Yeah, ask him. Maybe he has something better for you. Let me make one more point. I want you to look at me. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Everybody follow that so far? I was, I was uh, listening to uh, Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he said something that's very powerful he says there's three challenges that we have. There's three ways we can live and only one way is the right way. The first way we can live is what I said here and that is we can live independent of God. Are you with me? Independent means I will. I will, I don't need anybody else, I will. The second way we can live is dependent on God. And believe it or not, this is interesting. God does not want us to live dependent on Him. Dependent means you will. What do you mean? Dependent means God, you do everything, I do nothing. The third way that we should live is interdependent, meaning we will. Some of you, the reason why God isn't moving is because you are saying, God, you do it, I do nothing. Throughout the whole scriptures, and Jessica speak, spoke on this on Sunday, God said, on Friday, God said to Moses, I need you to get my people out of Egypt. And Moses is like, send somebody else. Why don't you do? Why don't you just drop plagues from the sky on your own? God says, I need you. And for many of you, God is saying, I need you. I need you to work with me so we can get this done. Mm. I wanted to take one moment, and if you could just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you, or you can hold their hand, whatever you feel comfortable with doing. And I want you to just just say a brief prayer over them that God, help my brother, help my sister to walk with you, to live interdependent with you, that God, we're going to do this thing together. It is not I will. It is not you will. It is we will. just 30 seconds of praying right now for that person. God, strengthen their their prayer time with you, Lord. Because you want to give more favor, but you want to make sure that we're humble enough that when you do it, no one will get the credit but you. And that's why we must humble ourselves. We must recognize our own shortcomings. We must be unimportant in our own thinking of ourselves, we have to be ruined when it comes to our own independence. I I need you God. I need you every hour, every moment. I need you to help me to parent. I need you to help me to conduct a good solid healthy marriage i need you to help me to be a good employee i need you to help me to be a good employer i need you to help me to be a good student i need you to be help me to be a good child of god i need you i need you i need you and in far too many areas of my life i've been acting independent of you and i want more favor but you're saying i'm not going to give you more favor because there's an independent spirit in you there's there's areas in your life where you basically have said through your actions you don't need me